Hey everyone, so glad that you could join us again today for our Impact Life Church service. And we're so glad that you came to join us. And here we are at this table this morning, and I want you just to imagine and think as if I was sitting right across the table from you this morning. And let's talk the Bible. Let's talk the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I don't have anything else better to talk about than the absolute Word of God, which we are, again, so privileged and thankful that we have God's Word that can speak into our lives today. So I'm, I'm trusting that you have your Bible with you this morning, and let's get into what the Word has to for us this morning. We know that God's got a Word in season, and you know, it's important that we as, as believers, that we're always not looking for the new, the new Word, but we are hearing what God is saying now. We're looking for the now Word. What is the Lord speaking to us? And for us at Impact Life Church, and you're part of our family, you're our online family, and what God has been speaking to us about is understanding and learning to live by faith. And this is what we're continuing on, and we're just taking the time to go through this. We're not in any kind of rush. I trust that you're not in any kind of rush. We're just going through this. And the way that the Lord actually brought this out to me a couple weeks ago was we really want to lay a strong foundation so that we're able to build upon this foundation. And not only that too, but the Bible actually commands us and tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, it actually says to you and I that we are to actually examine ourselves to make sure that we are operating and living in the faith. So it's crucial that you and I, we take the time to make sure that our foundation is rock solid so that we're able to build properly and we're able to see the proper results in our lives. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. I trust that's going to be good for you. I mean, I know I'm excited about that. I know God's got a word for you today. And so let's just take some time to really analyze what the Bible is saying to us today in 2021. So before we jump in, let's pray together. Let's believe God. Let's release our faith that we have the Holy Spirit, the teacher on the inside of us, revealing things to us. So let's do that. Father, we just come before you today. Again, so thankful, Lord, for all that you've done, for who you are to us, what you've done, not only for us, but what you're doing through us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you so much that you are the teacher of the church. You live strong and mighty on the inside of us. And we put a demand on the anointing, the anointing that teaches us all things and reveals truth to us. We thank you so much, Holy Spirit, that you're in us and you're showing us things to come. You're leading us and guiding us into all truth. And we believe that this morning, we receive that this morning, that you have a word in season today, February 7th for us. And we give you all the glory, all the praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you've got your Bibles, let's turn together to Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to read a couple of verses here again. Again, we're talking about having a strong foundation. It's a continuation of what we were going into last week. And I think it's really neat how the Lord actually brought this out. I mean, I was geared up and prepped and let's let's talk faith. Let's get into this thing. And the Lord actually had, just hold on a sec, Joel. Like, hold your horses a little bit. I need you to make sure that we have a strong foundation first before building on and going into faith. Because again, faith for us here at Impact Life Church, I know faith for you is not a topic. It's not something that we just discuss once in a while. It is a lifestyle that you and I live. Because the Bible tells us over and over that the just shall live by faith. And even the 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So you and I have the privilege and the ability to live and operate in this place called faith, living just like God does. And before we get into that, we got to make sure that we have a strong basis for our faith to grow on. And this is what we're doing in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. And I'm reading it to you from the Passion Bible this morning, this, this segment of scripture. It says this, verse 24, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house 
on an unshakable foundation. So what did this gentleman do? He heard and he applied what he heard to his life. And Jesus said he's compared to be a wise man. So what made this guy wise? Is it his education? Is it who he knew? No, no, no. The Bible tells us right here he heard the words of Jesus and he applied what he heard. And Jesus says that you are a wise person. Why? Because you are building your house on an unshakable, say that with me, unshakable foundation. You're building your life on an unshakable foundation. Verse 25, he says, when the rains fell and the floods came. Now again, that word when. He didn't say if they come. He said when they come. Meaning this, that storms are inevitable. You cannot pray storms away. You could pray. You never have a storm again. If you are living on planet earth, which you are today, if we are on this earth, on this planet, it says when the rains and when the storms come with fierce winds beating upon this house, it stood firm. Say that with me. It stood firm. One more time. It stood firm because of its strong foundation. Now, verse 26, but everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, notice these words, it collapsed and was swept away. It collapsed and it swept away. Now we see right here, there's two individuals. There are two kinds of people. There are two kinds of foundations. There's two types of buildings and there's two different results after the flood. And there are, you can just see they're completely opposite from one another. So before we jump into this, I want to first bring your, to your attention a few things that we see from this passage. And number one is this, is that we see, first of all, that God is no respecter of people. He's no respecter of persons. He desires for all of us to stand firm, that our lives don't collapse when the storms of life come our way. Aren't you thankful for that? That's his will that you and I, not only just are we barely making it, we are firm in what comes our way. We are standing firm, shouting the victory, thanking God for what he's done for us through Jesus Christ, that we are the victors. We are the conquerors in this evil world. That is God's will and his desire for us. So know this, we're going to get into this probably in the upcoming week or so, but the storms of life do not come from God. God does not send storms into your and my life. That's what the enemy does. That's who he is. He is interested, and actually the reason why storms come is because he's after the word that you have. That's what he's after. doesn't really give a rip about you so much, but what he does care about is the word that you receive, the word that you've heard and applying to your life. He's trying to take that away from you and I because it's the word that defeats him right? So that's for another time anyway. But we see again, God is no respecter of persons. Secondly, what we do see is that whatever voice is informing you is forming you. Again, I want to say that again. Whatever voice is informing you is forming you. We see that from this passage. The wise men, he heard the word and he applied what he heard. He was informed by the word and he started acting on it. It started to form him. Whatever he was paying attention to, whatever he gave heed to was what was forming his life. And I'll give you this in Mark chapter 4 verse 24 in the Amplified Bible. Jesus says this, pay attention to what you hear by your own standard of measurement. That is to the extent that you study spiritual truth 
and apply godly wisdom. Do you hear that? That you study spiritual truth and then apply that wisdom. It will be measured to you and you will be given even greater ability to respond and more will be given to you besides. So you and I, we have the ability to choose what is informing us. Who are you listening to? What are you spending the majority of your time with your ear? Who's getting the most of your ear? Is it the word of God or is it other voices that are out in this natural world? Because hear this, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul, the apostle Paul talks about that there are many voices that have gone out into the world and all of them have a significant purpose or a, um, yeah, uh, a purpose that's behind what they're trying to say. There's a motivation behind it. And the bottom line to all this is, is that every word that's going forth, its purpose is to mold you into what you're hearing. And that's what we see in Romans chapter 12. That's the, the prayer for the, new, for the believer. To the world, we got to tell people, you must be born again. To the believer and to the Christian, our message is, you must renew your mind. So we've got to allow the word of God to come into our thinking and to start forming us into the image of Jesus. That's what the word's purpose is. So anytime you spend time reading the word of God, meditating the word of God, studying the word of God, the purpose is that it forms you into the image of Jesus. That's what it's there for. So again, the principle that we see from this passage is that whatever voice is informing you is forming you. Thirdly now, is that we build our life for the storms. The storms of life do not take the person out. Did you know that? The storms of life don't take people out. It's the foundation on which their life is built is what takes them out. Because you can see again in verses 25 and 27 of Matthew chapter 7, we see to both of these individuals, it says, when the rains fell, when the floods came, and when the winds were beating upon the house. That means that the trials and the testings and the tribulations that are in this world, they happen to everybody. But how come one of them survived it? And how come the other one didn't? It wasn't the testing. It wasn't the trial. It wasn't the storm of life that came their way. It was the foundation on which their life was built is what took them out. So you and I have the ability to actually choose not only who's informing us, but on where we're going to build our life. And Jesus said, when you take heed to my words, when you listen to what I say and apply it to your life, you will be an unshakable life. You will have an unshakable life. You will be an unshakable person. I don't know about you, but that turns me on. I want to hear that. I will be an unshakable person because I hear God's word and I apply it to my life. This is big. If you want to live the yo-yo Christian life, if you want to be one who's up one day, down the next day, up one day, down the next day, constantly up and down, up and down, up and down, then guess what? Then you, don't, you just don't go by what the word of God says. Jesus gave us the secret to living a successful life, a fruitful life from a Christian perspective, and it's hearing his word and applying it to our life. What a season that we're living in, that the world around us, it is being shaken and shaken. Everything that we know has been shaken to its core, but how, come, how can we be the witness to the world? How can we demonstrate who God is, is that you and I live unshakable. We still got our joy. We still have our peace. We're still experiencing the goodness of God on a regular basis. And how are we doing that? Hearing his word and applying it to our life. So what we're doing again before we're jumping off into faith is we're taking the time to analyze and look at these two different individuals and ask ourselves this question is what separates them? 
What separated these two, the wise man and the foolish man? Because listen, there's only two types of people here. You're either on one or the other side. You're either the wise guy or you're the foolish guy, right? And so what we see, they both have the opportunity to hear God's word. They have the same, <clears throat> excuse me, have the same storms that came their way. So what was the separator? What is the separator? And obviously, I mean, just reading it, one took the word of God and applied it while the other didn't. And yeah, that's, that's true. That's the, that's the reality of it. But what I want to do is I want to break this down a little bit further. And I want to look at, to, at the why. Why did the one, this, the wise guy, apply God's word? Why didn't the other guy apply God's word? And right off the bat, this is what we see here is because there's four things that I believe because of their approach to the word of God, because of their belief about the word of God, because of their respect towards the word of God, and because of their relationship to the word of God. Because they had different approaches, they had different beliefs, they had a different level of respect, they had a different relationship towards the word of God, we see now very different results or different fruit in their lives. So what we're talking about these uh, last week and this week is we're talking about the approach and how we yeah, approach, respect, reverence the Bible in this day. And real briefly, I want to just take about three minutes or so, four minutes maybe, just to go over again a few things that we touched on last week to catch everybody up to make sure that we're ready to go forward here. But the first thing that we saw, that the difference between these two individuals, the wise guy and the foolish guy, is this. The wise man believes that the Bible is God speaking to him, while the foolish man believes the Bible has been tainted by man. Now, what I mean by that is that, sadly, a lot of people, and even Christians to this day, think that the Bible has been corrupted and mistranslated by, what, by, by man. Meaning this, well, men, men wrote it, but you know they didn't hear God properly. And so they took their experiences, they took what they've heard, and they kind of wrote it down for us to have. Now we have their journal entries today in, in this book. But I want to just tell you this, that the Bible actually has a different perspective and a different voice to that right off the bat. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all Scripture, come on, say it with me, all Scripture, all, all Scripture is inspired by God or is God-breathed and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. The Bible, I mean, if you want more, going to go into this more deeper, you can actually listen to last week's podcast or even go on our Facebook or our live stream and listen to that again because we went into some detail on this. But the difference between these two individuals is this, is that the wise guy, his approach to the word of God is, is he believes that the word of God is alive and it's speaking to him today. He sees the word of God as the foundation for his relationship with God. It's God's access to me, but it's also my access to God. This isn't just a man, this isn't just words that were written down by men. This is God speaking directly to me. This is God's word directly to you, right? Whereas the foolish guy now, again, he comes up with this thought of, you know, this is basically the journal entries of other men. We the translators messed it up a whole bunch of times, and so you can't really trust what's being said because that was written thousands of years ago, so it's not. It, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the word of God, but it comes from the experiential side of these individuals that wrote the Bible. That is a completely different, different uh, contrasting thought to the wise guy. So again, the truth that we are taking is if I expect to grow as a fruitful believer in Christ, 
I need to get to where I'm adamant about this truth that God's word is God speaking to me. Do you, yes, I'm pointing at you. Do you believe that this Bible that you have on your lap, that you maybe have on your table right now, or maybe you're listening in the car that you have on your cell phone, do you believe that this word is God speaking directly to you? Do you believe that? Yes? Good, then we're laying a strong foundation for ourselves. You must believe that. Okay, the second thing we talked about real briefly now is the wise man believes that the Bible is absolute truth versus the foolish man. He believes the Bible was true in its time, 2,000 years ago plus 2,000 years ago, but needs to be updated because of the culture that we're living in today. Excuse me. Society today has moved away from absolute belief in the word of God. And what do we have now? What is the result of now that we have no absolute beliefs in the word of God or absolute beliefs in anything? Is now we have this term relativism. Meaning this is that what is true for you is not necessarily true for me. And I want to tell you that is one of the most ungodly statements. There is no such thing as my truth. We all have experiences, absolutely. But I do not have my own truth. As a believer, as a Christian, those that have called on the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, can I just be real honest with you that you no longer have an opinion. Your opinion doesn't matter anymore. Why? Because Jesus is your Lord. So what now is your opinion? Your opinion is what the Word of God has to say. And this is again now what the wise guy versus the foolish man. How did this guy stand on the rock? How is he fine? How is he protected from all the storms? How is he still standing firm? He has a mindset about the word of God that it is absolute truth. It is absolute truth. Now, on the other hand now, this foolish man, again, he's thinking that it needs to be updated because of current culture. He lives in this thought of relativism that if, if it's true for you, it's not necessarily my truth. That we are going to kill out of our vocabulary. Living in relativism is this, that there are no longer absolutes. Now, you know what, even in society today, as we mentioned last week, that it's actually politically incorrect in our society to be absolutely sure about anything. Now, if you're going to live this way where there is no absolute truths, if you are one that always has to, uh, your interpretation um, of what is right and wrong changes based on circumstances or what kind of situation you're in, then you're like a boat without an anchor that is going up and down on a regular basis. You're what we call a yo-yo Christian. You are constantly up one day, down the other day. And in James chapter one, six through eight, I mean, you can read that for yourself, but it actually talks about this individual who's double-minded or who is wavering in his faith, wavering in Christianity, wavering in his belief. And it says that such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. These people do not receive from God because, yeah, maybe God can, maybe he can. What does that person say over there? What does that person say over there? They're checking everywhere because there's no absolute truth for them. And that is what makes them this yo-yo believer or a yo-yo individual. So again, in contrast, looking at these two individuals, the wise individual approaches the word of God. And no matter what comes his way, his first thought is, what does the word say about this situation that's coming against me? Then not, he doesn't stop there, but because he believes the word of God is absolute truth, not only asking, what does the word say about that situation? But he's also saying now, I'm going to apply what the word says, and I'm going to be a doer of the word. That is the difference. 
What is the major difference we see here is that the, the, the wise man not only hears the word, but he applies it to his life. That's what we're all about. And if you want to be someone who stands firm, no matter what comes your way, you are someone who hears the word. And at the same time, when you're hearing the word, how do I apply this word to my life? I bring my life to the word of God and I allow the word of God to change me. And I make the necessary changes that I need to in order to live this unshakable life. Unshakable living, listen, is done intentionally. It's not an accident that you happen to live, you know, an unshakable life. No, it's done by intentionality. You do it. You hear the word of God and you apply it. And again, on the contrast, the foolish individual approaches the word of God and he says it like this. Yeah, it's good. It gives good advice. But because of the time that we're living in, you have to interpret everything. Or in other words, he doesn't look at the word as infallible, meaning this. He believes it's outdated and needs to be updated to our current culture. That is absolute bogus. Because the word of God is divine, it came from the lips of God, it is absolute truth. And for you and I, there is no greater joy than knowing that we have an absolute truth that we can continually look to and actually we can judge whatever is happening out here. We don't judge people, we judge fruit. We judge what's going on out there. We judge the voices that are coming out. And we can actually go to the word of God and we can say, hey, that doesn't line up with this. So I'm not gonna believe that. I'm gonna stick with what the word says. It is a safeguard. No, I want to encourage you that in this time and in this season that we're living in, don't drift away. Don't move away from the Bible. Get closer to it. Now is not the time to depart from the faith. Now is not the time to depart from what the Word of God says. Now is the time that you got to get in this thing. you got to get your nose in this book. Get to know God in this book. Understand who He is. Understand His character, His ways. And the result is it will keep you steady. I don't know about you, but that just word is just so powerful in this day, just to be steady, a steady believer with all the chaos and all the constant moving up and down and the whirlwind of emotion and what's all taking place in the natural world today. You and I have the ability to live consistent and steady simply by living by the word of God. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't need to be updated because once God spoke it, that's it. It is perfect. Amen? Well, we can, we can high five on that. We can air five on that. That's, that's good right there. Now, here's the truth that we're, our attitude towards the God is this. We believe that our attitude towards the word determines whether I succeed or if I fail. If Satan can attack your mind and get you to doubt the accuracy and infallibility of God's word, then he can get you to doubt God, and we will not do that. Now, the part that I want to share with you today, and I'm, I'm excited about this, this, I mean, this is all good, but the part that I want to just share with you, I felt impressed in my heart to share with you uh, this morning is this, that the, the wise man, I'm not necessarily going to contrast with the foolish man, but the wise man his approach or how he believes the word of God to be. He believes the word of God is seed needed to be planted. The word of God is seed that needs to be planted. Now, I want you just to really think of this. And you may have heard that, but again, great. But we're building a strong foundation. We're making sure, we're testing ourselves. We're examining our hearts, examining our beliefs to make sure it lines up with the word of God. The Bible says about itself that the word of God is seed. Say it with me. The word of God is seed. Now I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13 and we're going to read a couple of verses here, verses one through nine. We're going to just read this and I want to just give you a couple of points here just in regards to this, this passage. 
And I want you just to just really get this inside your heart, get this inside your spirit, because I believe this is an answer for a lot of you. This is an answer where maybe you've been frustrated or an answer where like, man, I'm just not seeing God move the way that I thought he would move or seeing God do the things that I see in his word that he's able to do. Great. Well, then the, the word of God has answers for us. And let's look at Matthew chapter 13. Let's read one through nine and then we'll dissect it. <clears throat> so. I'm reading from the New Living Bible. It says this. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. Oh, I like that. Don't you? They sat, sat at the beach. I wouldn't mind a beach day right now. It's beginning of February and it's cold here in Alberta, Canada. Verse two, a large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into the boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, Jesus said, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Verse seven, other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears <clears throat> to hear should listen and understand. Now, let's dissect this here a little bit. Jesus shares a parable about a man who went out and scattered seed everywhere. Can you say everywhere? What did this man do? He scattered seed everywhere. Jesus, again, wasn't demonstrating how to be a farmer. He wasn't necessarily even explaining how seeds grow and how they work. He was using a natural illustration uh, that people could understand, even you and I, we can understand, and show them how the kingdom of God operates. And what I want to do just in our time together that we have this morning I want to look at how the kingdom of God operates. In the natural realm, <clears throat> you cannot grow anything without seed. Everything, I mean everything, comes from what? Seed. Everything comes from the seed. Now, it's the same way in the kingdom of God. Everything comes from the word of God. Did you hear that? In the natural, how do we get things? How are things developed? How are things grown? Everything comes by the seed. Well, it's the same way in the spiritual realm or in the kingdom of God. Everything comes from the word of God. Now, reading these verses, I want to share a couple of points. I got three points that I want to share with you. Number one, again, is that we see that word is no respecter of persons. I know that was kind of touched base with what we said about Matthew chapter 7. Anyone who hears these words and applies it. And understanding that, that little illustration that Jesus gave us, <clears throat> but it is, <clears throat> excuse me, so powerful that we get that, that the word of God is no respecter of persons. It's no respecter of color of skin. It's no respecter of culture. It's no respecter of your background, of the where you came from. It's no respecter of your past, how bad you were or how good you thought you were. It is no respecter of that at all. God is so kind. He is so generous that he sends his pure, 
powerful seed to everyone, even those who that willingly choose not to receive it. Did you hear that? God is so kind. He's so good that even though in his kindness and his goodness and his mercy and his grace, he sends his pure word. He sends seeds out everywhere. You can see that that we just read. Matthew chapter 13, three, he says, a farmer went out to sow seeds, to plant seeds. And it says he scattered them. Can you, I want you just to picture this farmer. He's just throwing seed all over the place, just throwing it, throwing it. And this is how good our God is. He throws it to whosoever consistently all the time. Even what we're doing this morning is a result of how good our God is. We are just throwing seed. The word of God is being preached. The word of God is being proclaimed to you today. God's word is being preached. Seeds are being thrown at you this morning right as we're talking about it. That's what the word of God does. And that's his goodness. And he's even doing it to people that willingly choose not to receive it. And this actually goes, including the guy that actually built his house on the sand. He heard the word, but he chose not to apply it. But yet God is still so good. It's not like God's withholding his word. He continues to send it out, looking for someone who will take it and apply it in their life. God will never stop that. He is relentless when it comes to getting his word out. And that's part of our vision, part of our calling here at Impact Life Church, is that we are a distribution center of the word in every form. Our goal, our heart here, is to get the word of God out. That's the focus. That's what we're part of. That's what you're a part of. If you if you call this church, even though maybe you're watching online, and we still want you part of our family, you're helping us do that. So thank you. Now, but as, we, as I said, so Acts chapter 10, verse 34 says this, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. Romans chapter 2, verse 11, it says God has no favorites. He's got none. He's got no favorites. So he continues to send his word out to everyone. So I wanted just to show you this thought, that it's not that people are underprivileged. It's that they're not receptive to God's word or to God's seed. I really want you to see that because no matter where people have come from, yes, people have had horrible experiences. Yes, there's been some brutal things that, you know, the enemy has done using other individuals to wreck their lives. And I'm not trying to downplay that at all, but I really want you to hear the heart of God is that what is God doing now? Even though all this chaos is going out in the world and there is destruction, there is famine, there is persecution, there is stuff that goes against how the kingdom of God is. It is pure evil. Yes, absolutely. What is the answer to all these problems? It's the word of God. But the word of God is coming to us in seed form. Now, the wise man receives or is receptive to the word of God and its teachings. I just wanted you to get that. That's the first thing, reading these verses that we see, that right here, that God shows no favoritism. You can see that in verse four. It says he scattered them across some field. Verse five, other seeds fell on shallow soil. Verse seven says other seeds fell among thorns. Verse eight talks about some seeds fell on fertile soil. And it's, if you actually do a little bit of a study on that, it's, it's the same seed. It's the same word that goes out. God's not taking, you know, bad or crappy seed and throwing it to the guy that's in the thorns because he's no, he's not going to take it. It's the same pure, 
amazing seed, pure, amazing word that goes to everyone. I think I've hit that enough, but I want you to see everybody has the ability to get the same word, especially in the day and time that we are living in, where you can go to any podcast, you can go on YouTube, you can go on any kind of live stream, church websites, and you can find the word of God being preached regularly. So it's not that people are just Oh, I have so many problems. I'm not able to get out of these things. No, it's that they're not receptive to what God is doing and what he's saying. So it's vital that you become an individual who receives or is recipient of the seed of God's word. Do you receive his seed? Do you receive his word? I bet you do because otherwise you wouldn't be watching this morning or listening on podcast. The second thing I want you to take notice of is that the word of God, as I've already kind of said, it actually comes to us in seed form, not in a full-blown miracle. Did you hear that? The Word of God comes to us in seed form, not as a full-blown miracle. Now, this may be where people are getting caught, and I know through my my, my years of pastoring, uh, there's this is where a lot of it happens, is we've prayed, I've had people, I've prayed and I believe God. Why am I not seeing the miracle? Why am I not seeing it yet? And I want you to have a different thought. Rather than just looking from miracle to miracle, do I believe in miracles? Absolutely I do. Do I believe that God can do the the all the spontaneous miracle and you know do all absolutely I 100 percent believe that? But it's not the primary way that the kingdom of God operates. The, the primary way the kingdom of God operates is seed, time, and harvest. That's how the kingdom operates, and that's how you and I have to renew our thinking. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've got to learn how this kingdom operates, seed, time, and harvest. Now, this is where you may be getting caught. You're looking for God to throw you a full bloomed miracles, and you may be ignoring the seed from the word of God that he's giving to you that will provide for that miracle. God can do the miraculous, as I said, but it's not the primary way. The primary way is you get the word of God, you get that seed. You plant it in your heart and you see it actually come out of you and you're experiencing the miracle that way. That's the primary way the kingdom of God operates. Now, I'll give you an example. Our salvation, which came through Jesus, I mean, it started, you see that in Genesis chapter three, right after Adam and Eve fell, they sinned against God. Chapter three talks about uh, God talking to the serpent, talking to the Satan. And he says this in verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you And the woman, between your seed and her seed, he shall fatally bruise your head and you will only bruise his heel. Right off the bat, God talked about someone coming. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, this is the first verse of the gospel. This this is the first time that it's mentioned that there's someone coming. And how is it going to come? It's going to come in seed form. How did Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, how did our help come to us? How did our redemption come to us? It came to us in seed form. The angel appeared to Mary and said, Mary, you are going to have a baby and he will be the most high. He will retake the sin of the world and he will be called the Messiah. He will be the one to rescue people from their sin. How did it begin? Did God just kind of just do a big push and everything's just okay, everybody? No, he did it in seed form. Jesus came as a man in seed form. That's, That's amazing. That's how God operates. He does it through seed, time, and harvest. Now, again, I want to just give you this, this quote. This is a gentleman, Kenneth E. Hagen, that he, he used to say this quite often. But it's better to receive from God based off his word 
over the miraculous. The reason being is so that when you do receive from the word, you know how to keep it. And in context of what he's saying there, he had, had done, uh, he had a school called Healing School where they would just teach on healing, preach on healing, minister healing to the sick. And the primary purpose of that was to get the word of healing into individuals. And yeah, there'd be times he'd seen the miraculous take place. But there's some, on a few occasions, some of these individuals would come back and say, man, I got the same problem came back on me about a month or a couple months later. And so what the Lord really showed me is I, like, hey, the Lord wants to heal. That's his heart. But when you receive it from the word of God, you know how to keep it. And that's, it's true to, it's true back then. It's true today. And the whole ministry of Jesus, you can see that in Matthew chapter nine, I believe it is that Jesus's ministry was teaching, preaching, healing in that order. This is how he did things. He taught, he preached, he demonstrated. He taught, he preached, he demonstrated. Come on, say that with me. He taught, he preached, he demonstrated. That's how Jesus did his ministry. A lot of times people just think he did the miraculous. Yes, but a lot of times before that, he also got people the word. He gave them the seed so that their faith was able to grow. You gotta hear the word. Why? Because again, the word comes in seed form and God needs access somehow. God needs access to you. He, you need access to him. And how does it come? In seed form. It comes by the word. Amen. Now, as I said, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it says, while the earth remains. So I don't know about you, but the earth has remained and here we are in 2021. So that means it's still for today. God says this, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. And it says, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. So no matter how long this earth exists, it's going to continue to be seed, time, and harvest. That's how the kingdom of God operates. And as believers, we've got to get this. It's no such thing as a microwave blessing or a microwave miracle that I just throw a prayer out there and God will just, oh, I hope it just makes it come to pass. It makes it work in my life. That's, that's not it. Let me give you a, just a real life situation, a scenario here. <clears throat> Is there, do you have a need in your life? I want you to really think for a moment. Do you have a need in your life? If so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you do. We all got things that are in our life that we need or things that we just want more, either more of or we want to see more or receive more. That's, that's great. That's good. But did you know that the word has the seed to take care of the need? I want you to get this thinking. It's not just, I have this need. I'm going to just go right out there and pray. Let me give you now just a question. If you have a need, <clears throat> the word of God has a seed to take care of that need. Have you taken that seed and planted it in your heart? Or are you running around to someone else asking them for prayer? Or are you pleading with God, please heal me? Or God, please fix this situation. Oh God, would you just restore this you know, relationship? Or I need this to happen in my life. And now listen, please don't get offended by this. I'm really trying to help you. But are you an individual that's constantly just looking for somebody? Uh, you, sickness tries to attach itself. I'm just going to go around for somebody to heal, to go pray for me. That's great. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But again, God's design for you and I is not that we go run to somebody else and say, hey, can you take care of this with me? Can you, can I, I need to use your faith in order to land, to land on this. The guy, the guy that's um, the, on the sand, he's not all of a sudden, man, all of a sudden when tough times come, I got to keep running over to the guy that has a strong foundation. Listen, I'm not saying that we don't get help. We all need help from time to time. That's vital. It's important to have good, strong faith friends that will believe God with you, that will stand with you. Absolutely. But I want you to see this, that God's will is that you receive 
from him for yourself. So when a need comes, are you planting the seed of God's word in your heart? Or are you looking for somebody else that you can get it off of? Now again, again I want to just show you this and give you an illustration. Wouldn't it be silly for a farmer to go out into the field and wonder why he doesn't have a harvest growing when he hasn't planted any seeds? Doesn't that seem just kind of weird all of a sudden? Man, I just picture this. I mean, you, you, you know, maybe you know a farmer, maybe you is a farmer. And all of a sudden you just stand out in the field and you're looking at like, where's my harvest? How come there's no, how come there's no crop? Man, I'm expecting my corn. Why am I not seeing any corn where during that springtime you did not sow any corn? Wouldn't that be stupid to expect to have an absolute, you know, harvest come in when you haven't planted anything? Absolutely. In the natural, we think that's crazy. Well, so it is in the spiritual realm. If you want a harvest, you have to plant seeds. Okay, so which now brings me to my next point. So point number one was this, that the word is no respecter of persons. Number two, the word comes to us in seed form, not as a full-blown miracle. And number three, this is my last point, is that the word or the seed of God's word needs to be planted in our heart. Now, how do I get the word of God in my heart? This is what I want to just take the last couple minutes just to talk a little bit about. But just so we understand is that you can't trick God. You can't beat the system. There's a way that God operates. There's the way the kingdom of God operates. And you can't try to sabotage the system. This is how the system functions. Again, seed, time, harvest. This is how it operates. So don't try to, you know, short circuit it. Don't try to try come in some other way. This is how the kingdom of God operates. So the question we're asking is how do I plant the word of God in my heart? Again, I want you to see how God intended his word to operate in our life. Go to Isaiah chapter 55. And let's read it here for a moment. Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11 in the New Living Bible. It says this, that the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Verse 11 it is the same with my word. I send it out and it, the word, always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will, proper, or it will prosper everywhere that I send it. Now, did you hear that? That's, that's good news. God's word comes down to me from heaven, from the lips of God himself. This word isn't just a natural book. This, this word that you and I have, it came down from heaven like the rain and the snow comes from the heaven and it waters the earth. It comes into the soil of my heart when I receive his words, believe his words, and act on his words. I basically am applying his words into my life, into my heart. God brings his word to pass in my life. I don't have to try to make this word come to pass in my life. The word of God has the ability to make itself come to pass because it's a seed. What do seeds do? Seeds, when you plant a seed, seeds do what seeds do, which is they grow. Now, what God needs is he needs a heart that's receptive. And if you hear the word of God, you apply the word of God, you believe the word of God, you act on the word of God. Now, God has something to work with and he's able to produce fruit in your and my life. He's able to produce that seed that was in our heart. He's able to see it come to pass in our life. Now, 
How do I plant? Simply this, I hear the word, now I need to meditate the word. Now I want you to show you these last couple of verses. Joshua chapter one and verse eight. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Did you hear that? This is, a good, this is good for us today. It's good back then. It's still good for us today. Now I want you to imagine, this is God speaking to Joshua. And Joshua now is taking over the leadership role of Israel, which his successor uh, Moses had been doing. And we know Moses did amazing, powerful things. Right, And now, all of a sudden, like you're now supposed to lead this humongous group of people. You're supposed to take them into the promised land. I mean, Joshua had a lot of things on the go. And so what did, he, what did God say? What was, what was his success rate? What, what was his way of being fruitful as a leader over Israel? God says, study this book of instruction continually. Then he says, meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you will be sure to obey everything that's written in it. You meditate so that you can carry it out. You meditate so that you're able to do what it says. You cannot skip the meditating part. That's how the word of God as its seed gets into your heart. He says, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, I don't know why for some reason that we think that we can find other ways to prosper and succeed in everything that we do. God gives out a very clear way of how we're going to prosper and succeed in everything that we do. We study the word of God continually. We get in this word. We understand this word. We spend time meditating the word of God. It says, only then will you prosper and succeed in everything that you do. The next verse I want to show you is Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Again, in the New Living Bible, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. Verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Do you delight in this word? I know, I'm sure you do. I delight in this word. I love the word of God. He says, they delight in the word of God. Then he says, meditating on it day and night. Now again, what does that word meditate mean? That word meditate means is you mutter it or you utter it. You're constantly talking to yourself with it. You're, all, you're putting it in your mind and you're thinking about it. You're, you're dissecting it. You're opening it up and you're, Lord, show me this. And you're just envisioning it and you're seeing it come to pass. And you're seeing it on the inside. You're just, okay, you, for example, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. What would meditating look like? Okay, meditating is... Okay, Lord, I see that in your word. By his stripes, I'm, I picture the Jesus' stripes. I see him on that post. And as he's getting whipped, as he's getting beating, yes, it's affliction that's going on to him, sickness and disease going on to him. But for me, it's health, it's strength, it's life to my flesh, it's strength and life to my, uh, my emotions, to my mentality, it's life and strength to my being. Lord, I see that. And I just envision you're taking time to meditate, to mull it over, Right? That's what it literally means, is to mull it over and over and over again. Man, you're always thinking about something. Why not direct your thinking to think on the Word of God? Now notice what happens. Verse 2 again. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now verse 3. Notice because you're meditating, notice who you become. It always happens like this, but thinking precedes being. Thinking precedes being. What I'm meditating on, I will ultimately become. Look at this, verse 3. They are like trees planted along the riverbank 
bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. I don't know about you, but this sounds a lot like the wise guy in Matthew chapter seven. He heard the word, he applied the word, and what happened to him? He stood firm because he was on unshakable ground. Well, the one who's meditating on the word, taking time to get that word, he heard the word. I mean, what you're hearing just even now, taking the time to meditate on it, get it down inside your heart. Let the, let the seed grow. Give it the word of God opportunity and chance to grow and develop on the inside of you. It says those who will now do that, they'll live their life on the rock. That's it. This is it. This is why you and I exist is to be those rocky people. Now, how do I know that the word of God is planted in me? I become a doer of what it says. See, when you start meditating on the word, you start thinking on it. What happens is you're going to start seeing yourself doing the word. That's how you know that the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly is when you start to now become a doer of that word of God. So I want to encourage you this week, spend some time. If you have a need in your life, in your family, get into the promises of God. Find out what does the word say about that situation and then feed it. To get water that seed and by doing that you're meditating on it thinking on it seeing yourself well or seeing your family restored whatever the need is get the verse because when you start here you're starting out on the answer find out what God says start meditating on it start seeing yourself acting that way and then you'll become a doer of it and then you'll have good success and then you will prosper in all that you do again here's our final truth that God's word is like seed if you want a crop you have to plant a seed. If you want God's best in your life, you have to know God's word. And if you haven't put that importance on God's word yet, you haven't laid the right foundation. So let me encourage you, let's get this seed on the inside of us. Let's grow it, let's develop it, and let's become doers of what we see. This is how we're building a strong foundation to starting to live like God lives. Again, we love you so much. Thank you for joining us. If you need prayer, if you've got questions, if you just want to connect with us, please do so. You can message us here on Facebook. You can phone our office, again, 403-340-3880. Or if you want to just, if you want to connect via email, man, we're here. Uh, you can reach us at admin at impactlife.ca and we'd be happy to pray with you. We'd be happy to just connect with you any way that we possibly can. Thank you for helping us connect or uh, to be a uh, impacting generations for Jesus. We so love and appreciate who you are, all that you do, and God bless you, and we'll see you soon.